Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. And if you will take your scriptures in hand and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, we're going to be reading verses 15 and 16 in just a moment. Next week, we'll have a special message for Easter that's just filled with hope because that's what uh, the message of Easter is all about. It's a message of hope of how Christ came back from the dead. Thank you so much, brother. Um, And so uh, we will be having an inspiring message of hope next week. And so bring your friends, bring your family, because we need hope in the days in which we're living. Amen? Praise the Lord. But we're concluding our series today, Let Us. And so uh, there are uh, several invitations in the book of Hebrews that begin with the word, let us. And that's what we're looking at in Hebrews chapter four. And today's message is titled, Draw Near. Let us draw near. I heard the story of a man named Scott and his wife who were asleep in their room at night when early in the morning, a young fellow entered their room and walked boldly right up to Scott's side of the bed. If the trespasser had been a stranger, he would have committed the crime of home invasion. If the trespasser were a friend, his actions would likely have been an unwelcome intrusion at that hour of the morning. But the intruder was their toddler son who had entered their bedroom, jumped up on the bed with great boldness and said, in the middle. And the father was touched with the beauty of his son's confidence of knowing that he is loved, that he is wanted, and that he is always welcome in his parents' presence. This is a beautiful picture of God's invitation to us as his children. Read with me, if you will, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. The scripture says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. This is the third invitation in Hebrews chapter 4 that begins with the words, let us. And the words let us are a call. They're an invitation to respond to God's great love and his gracious promises to us. Instead of God saying, you must do this, or you need to do this, or I command you to do this, God says, let us. It's a gracious invitation. It's a loving call to respond to his great love and his precious promises. And the first invitation let us that we looked at was let us enter in to his rest because we so desperately need rest for our souls, amen? And the second invitation that we looked at last week was let us hold firmly to what we believe. Because when we go through trials and difficulties, or even often when we see what is happening in the world, sometimes it it shakes our faith. And sometimes it makes us want to cast off our confidence in God, which was what was happening to the people that the writer of Hebrews were addressing. They were going through extreme persecution. 
and some of them were casting off their faith in God and turning back to their old life. And so he says, let us hold firmly to our faith. If you missed either of those messages, I encourage you to go back online to our YouTube channel or our Facebook page and listen to those messages. Even if you were here, listen to them again. I believe it will enrich your soul and it will encourage your hearts. But today we're going to look at this third invitation. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. How many of you sometimes have needs in your life and you need God to help you? Amen. About 50% of you, the rest of you are living such a perfect life. Amen. <laughs> I know I got needs in my life and I need God's help all the time. I'll put up both hands. Amen. So I'm so very grateful for this invitation from our wonderful Heavenly Father. He personally invites us to come into his presence and to be with him. We can come even if we just want to say, hi, Father. I love you, and I just want to be with you for a while. Amen? Sometimes we just need the comfort of being in his presence. Amen? Like a little boy jumping up and saying he wants in the middle in the bed. He didn't want anything else. He wasn't asking for breakfast or take me to McDonald's or take me to play. He just wanted to be with his parents. Amen? And so even if all we want to do is come and say hi and spend some time in his presence, he says, come, come. An invitation means that your presence is desired and your place is reserved, right? If you send out an invitation to your wedding or invitation to your birthday party, you're saying to somebody, I want you there, and I'm saving a place for you. Is that not right? Amen. And God is saying to us, I want you with me, and I am saving a place for you. And you know what? You don't have to get permission to come into his presence because he says, come. He says, come boldly. We can come anytime, and we can come with confidence. So God has sent us an invitation to come into his presence. And notice, God didn't attach any conditions to this invitation. Some invitations we receive may say, bring a dish. Or if you're invited to a, a, a wedding or to a birthday party, you're generally expected to do what? bring a gift, right? But God has sent us an invitation to come to him with nothing but ourselves. Isn't that wonderful? Just come. And we have an all-out right, a right to come to his throne simply because he says, come, come. So let's respond to that wonderful invitation, amen? Let us come boldly to the throne because our Father is the King who sits on that throne, amen? Our Father sits on the throne, so we have the right to come into the throne room. John 1.12 says, To all who believed in him, Jesus Christ, that they have been given the right to become the children of God. We have the right we have the privilege to be called the children of God. Because of Jesus Christ, our great high priest, we have become children of the Most High God with all the rights that that involves. And when we come before the throne, we come as children. 
When John F. Kennedy was president of the United States, Life magazine published photos of his children, John Jr. and Caroline, who were small at that time, playing with their toys on the floor of the Oval Office in the White House. Kennedy was the most powerful political leader in the free world, but playing at his feet in the Oval Office when he's conducting international business were two little kids who called him daddy. Now, I don't think your kids would have been allowed in the Oval Office, amen? But his kids were. Why? Because he was their father. He was not only the president of the United States, he was their dad, amen? And as cabinet members and world leaders sat around the president's desk debating matters of international consequence, these children played oblivious to White House protocol. They were simply visiting with their daddy and spending time in his presence. Their dad was there, so they were confident that they were welcome, that they had the right to be there, and no one could tell them otherwise. Amen? That's what it means for us to be children of God. Our Father sits upon the throne of the universe. He rules over all. Amen, amen, amen. And he says to his kids, come. You are welcome where I am. You have a right to be here. Hallelujah. And our Father is the King who rules over all. Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Yes. It's a reminder that our Father is God, that he is high and exalted, that he sits upon the throne of the universe, and he is king over heaven and earth. Have you ever heard the saying, friends in high places? It means that someone has clout because of who they know. They, they, they have a relationship. They have a connection with somebody that is in power or influence. I had a friend a while back that was telling me that they needed to get their uh, father quickly approved for Medicare and Medicaid because he had suffered a, a, a physical ailment. And uh, they needed to get all of that approved to get him into long-term care uh, nursing. So she knew someone who was a social worker that had connections high up in the system and that, that connection helped them to cut through a lot of red tape so that they were able to expedite the process and in a matter of just a few weeks, they got all the approvals that they needed. It's nice to have connections with people in high places, amen? Well, we not only have a friend in high places, amen, we have a loving heavenly father in the highest place of all, hallelujah. And in prayer, we come not only to our loving heavenly father, but we come to the supreme king of the universe who rules over all. And that means two things. It speaks to the attitude of humility, reverence, and honor with which we should draw near to his throne. Amen? Because he's our daddy, but he's still the king. Hallelujah. But it also speaks of the fact that because he is the supreme ruler of the universe, he has all power and authority to help us in whatever situation we may face. Amen? That's why we can have confidence to come that he will help us. Amen? 
A while back, I was having a problem with uh, Quest Diagnostic. Many of you may be familiar with them, but they're a lab work company that many insurances use. And um, I had gone for lab work, and I'm only supposed to have to pay a $30 copay. I got a bill for $400. And so I started calling and I started calling and they were like, yes, in two weeks it'll be fixed. Two weeks you call back, in two weeks it'll be fixed. A month later I call back. Now I didn't only owe 400, but I had had another set of lab works and I, I owed 800 and something dollars. Wow. And I'm like, you keep telling me you're fixing it and it's getting worse <laughs> rather than better. And so, I mean, they had me every time, oh, we're gonna fix it this time, it's gonna be two weeks. Well, this kept dragging on for several months. I started asking for supervisors. I ended up speaking to seven different supervisors over a period of time. And then after several months of this going back and forth and nothing getting any better, I finally demanded to speak to somebody higher than a supervisor. And so they uh, reluctantly put me on to the billing department manager. His name was John. I still remember it. Amen. And in a matter of seconds, what had not been resolved with some 20-plus phone calls and seven supervisors was instantly fixed. I finally spoke to somebody that had the authority to do what needed to be done. Amen. And when you come to God's throne, you know that you're coming to the highest authority there is. Amen. And he has the ability to do whatever you need done. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So remember that when you come to his throne. Amen. Secondly, let us come boldly to the throne because of grace. We don't deserve to be there. Amen. We've been made his children by faith through grace, not by anything we've done. And, and because of grace, the throne of judgment has become a throne of grace for his children. That's all because of Jesus. Amen? Theologian Wayne Grudem explains this. He said, God's grace means God's goodness towards those who deserve only punishment. We were all sinners who deserved only punishment. But because of God's grace, amen, we now experience his goodness through Jesus Christ because of Jesus' sacrifice. The throne of judgment has become a throne of grace. The throne of grace speaks of the place where God's presence is manifest, but it's also where God's goodness flows towards us. In the Old Testament, they had something called the mercy seat. It was on, in the Holy of Holies, the innermost sanctuary of the temple. And it covered an ark, which was like a box, that had um, the Ten Commandments in there and Aaron's rod that buddied. And then on top of it, it had a cover that was called the mercy seat. And in the Holy of Holies, the holy priest, the high priest, excuse me, could only enter one time a year into this place this throne, this place where God's presence was. And because the high priest in the Old Testament was sinful, he had to first apply the blood of a sacrifice to himself before he presented the blood of sacrifice for the forgiveness of the people. But it was a sacrifice that had to be repeated every year because it was not a perfect sacrifice. And the high priest had to go back into the Holy of Holies with fear and trembling because if there were unconfessed sin in his life, he could have been struck dead. So they had to put bells at the bottom of his robe and tie a rope around his waist so that if he were struck dead by the judgment of God, nobody else could go back there to get his body. But they would hear the silence, the bells would no longer be ringing, and they could pull him out by that rope. That's how serious this was. 
But Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice that paid the price for all of our sins. And he only needed to be offered once, amen, because he was the perfect sacrifice. And now, because not only is Jesus the sacrifice, but because he is the high priest who has entered into the holy of holies of heaven on our behalf, amen? We now have access to enter into the holy of holies of heaven. And not only once a year, could you imagine if you had to wait once a year to come to God and say, God, I need help? No, but now because of Jesus, we can come anytime, 24-7 into his presence. Hallelujah. That's why when Jesus died, the Bible says the veil of the temple, in other words, the curtain that separated the holy of holies from the rest of the temple, it was torn from top to bottom. The reason it was torn from top to bottom, it was showing that God had made a way for us to enter into his presence. Amen? It wasn't anything we had done. God made the way through his son, Jesus Christ. So because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and because Jesus is our great high priest, we can now enter into the Holy of Holies. We can enter into the throne room of heaven by grace anytime. What an incredible privilege that has been made available to us at a very high price because it cost the sacrifice of Jesus. As one writer states, our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, waits for us every single day to come to the throne of God. He's waiting for us, not for condemnation, but for blessing. Hallelujah. He says, as our great high priest, he is waiting for us every single day to come to the throne of grace in order to bless us, in order to give us power over temptation, and in order to give us victory over every trial of life. Amen? He's waiting for you. You're going through something. He's waiting for you to come to his throne. Hallelujah. God invites us to come boldly before his throne. Not because of our own righteousness, because of Jesus. He is our high priest. As I said, the Old Testament high priest had to enter the Holy of Holies with fear and trembling. But now because of Jesus, he says we can come boldly. Hallelujah. We don't have to fear being judged or struck dead by the awesome presence of God's holiness. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us from all sin if we have repented and placed our faith in him. So we don't have to be afraid to come before God. We don't have to be ashamed and hang our head low when we come into his presence because through Jesus Christ, we have been made righteous. Hallelujah. And through Jesus Christ, we have been granted unlimited access. You know, there's a a lot of companies out there that now offer you unlimited access, right? It's one of the perks if you pay extra. You get unlimited access to these videos or to these digital media or whatever it is. Well, we have an even better deal, and it doesn't cost us anything. We have unlimited access to the very throne of grace. Hallelujah. And our unlimited access is by grace, not by works of righteousness, not by anything that we have done. It is the free gift of God because of what Jesus has done for us. And because it is a throne of grace, the weakness of our flesh and the weakness of our prayers will not hinder the success of our prayers. Amen? 
because we are weak and he understands. We just read the scripture. He understands our weakness. So we come before his throne and we may not know how to pray. Have you ever felt that way? I don't even know what to say, Lord. But you know what? That's okay. He understands our weakness. And, and just because we falter in our prayers or falter in our walk and we don't know exactly how to pray, that's not going to hinder the fact that he can answer us and he will answer us. Amen? We're not condemned. We're not put down. We are beloved. We are accepted. And his ears are always attentive to the cry of the righteous. Amen? Hallelujah. So we can come before his presence confidently. We can pour out our pain. We can pour out our anxieties. We can pour out our confusion. We can pour out our insecurities. We can pour out our doubts on him. And, he can be, and we can be confident that he will hear us and he will help us. Now, you can pay $150 an hour to go to a psychologist. And I'm not, I'm not you know, dissing on psychologists. We have some in the congregation. I love you. God bless you. But, you know, you can pay $150 an hour. You can sit on a, 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 on a couch and you can pour out your feelings to them. And they may give you some strategies to help cope with that. But, but let me so tell you something. You can come every single day. You don't have to make an appointment. You can come every single day into his presence. You can pour out your heart to him. Amen. And you can be confident that he will help you. Amen. And you don't have to pay $150 an hour. It's all free. Jesus paid the bill. Amen? Jesus paid the bill. The throne of grace is a place of blessing and help. I want to read verse 16 again. It says, therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And I want to call your attention to two words, mercy and grace. Mercy means not getting what we deserved. We deserve judgment. We deserve condemnation for our sins. But Jesus took our judgment. He paid the penalty. So now as we place our faith in him and repent of our sins, we are forgiven. We are made righteous. And we become absolved of the judgment that we deserved. Amen. And grace is defined as the undeserved goodness or favor of God. So mercy, we don't get what we deserved, God's judgment. Grace is we get what we don't deserve, God's goodness. Amen? So grace speaks of that free gift that God gives to us through Jesus Christ. There's a, 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 com a commonly used acrostic to help us remember what the word grace means. And it uses each letter of the word grace to say God's riches at Christ's expense. Everything that is God's becomes available to us through Jesus Christ, God's riches at Christ's expense. So every good thing that you have received and experienced so far has been by God's grace. Every success, every achievement, every joy, every healing, every provision, every answered prayer, every blessing is by God's grace. Amen. And every good thing that God desires to give you in the future, it's not anything you can earn or deserve, it's by God's grace. His grace makes available to us all of God's blessings, all the good things that God desires to give us and to do in us. One writer states, grace is the dynamic force, a dynamic and benevolent power that applies the goodness of God and the resources of God to our lives to save us, to keep us, to enable us, to deliver us, to sanctify us, and to glorify us. Amen. 
In a time of trial, Paul prayed, and God answered him, saying, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made manifest in your week. My grace is sufficient. What is grace? It is God's free gift making available to us all of the resources of heaven to help us in our time of need. So whatever you're going through, you can come boldly to the throne and God's grace will be sufficient for you. He will supply everything that you need as you walk through the trial. Sometimes that might mean that, that he supplies a miracle and immediately delivers you from the trial. That's, that's the grace we all want, right? The immediate deliverance. But sometimes his grace is the strength to walk through that trial. Amen. Sometimes his grace is the comfort to walk through that dark time in our life. But whatever we need, we can be confident that he will supply it by his grace when we come to his throne. Hallelujah. His grace makes available to us all of the resources of heaven to supply everything that we need and to give us strength to face every trial. If you are sick, he's your healer. If you're filled with sorrow, he is the God of all comfort who comforts us in our trials. If you're stressed and anxious, he is our peace that passes all understanding. If you're in financial need, he is your provider. If you're tired and weary, he is your strength. If you feel like you can't take another step, he is the one who underneath are his everlasting arms as he lifts us up and carries. He's all that you need. And all that he is, is available to us through grace. All that he is, is available to us through grace. Grace is the reason that we can come confidently to his throne. Thirdly, let us come boldly to the throne because of our Father's promise for help. He says we can come boldly to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. He is promising us his help. Amen. So mercy gets us out of trouble. There are so many things in life that we go through that all we can cry out is, Lord, have mercy. I remember when I was first diagnosed with stage three cancer, and my friend had taken me to the appointment where I received the diagnosis, and when I got in the car, it was almost like I was shell-shocked because I had gotten a very bad report. Not only was it stage three, but it was a rare cancer that doesn't respond well uh, to treatment. And I remember just kind of sinking down into the floorboard of the car, and all I could say over and over again was, Jesus, have mercy. Jesus, have mercy. And I was just crying out. That's all I could say. That's all that would come out was, Jesus, have mercy. And sometimes that's all we need. We're, we're going through a time of trouble, and, and we, all we can say is, Lord, have mercy. One writer states that in scripture, when things are going bad, the people of God would often cry out for God to have mercy, and he would come to deliver them. Hallelujah. And so sometimes all we, can, all we need to do is cry out, Lord, have mercy. I, I'm reminded of the story of the blind beggars uh, in scripture. And you might remember it that um, Jesus was walking on the road outside of Jericho, and there were two blind men. And they cried out to Jesus, Master, Lord, 
have mercy on us. And the crowd tried to silence their shouts for mercy. But the Bible says they cried all the louder, Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. And, and, and they just kept crying louder. The more the crowd tried to silence, they cried louder. And in their desperation, they cried out to Jesus saying, we know that we don't deserve it, Lord. We know that we are sinners, but have mercy on us. Help us, Lord, in our pitiful state. And even though the crowd was indifferent to their need and even annoyed by their shouts, Jesus had compassion and he stops and he asks, what do you want me to do for you? Hallelujah. You see, our cry for mercy arrests the attention of Jesus. He stops and he gives us undivided attention and says, what is it that you need me to do for you? Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. And they said, Lord, that we might receive our sight. And the Bible says, instantly, hallelujah, he restored their sight. Praise you, Jesus. That's what mercy does. It helps us out of our trouble. So whatever trouble you are facing, come to him and cry out saying, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And then grace brings all of the resources of heaven to our help. I love the phrase, in the time of need. To obtain help in the time of need. In the Greek, it literally means in just the right moment. One modern day translation actually translates it in just the nick of time. And how many of you know God is an on-time God? Amen. He's never, he never too early and he's never too late. He's just on time. And sometimes we think he's going to be late. Amen. We're God, the deadline's coming. God, where are you? You know, but he's always on time. God's answers are never too early and they're never too late. They're always in just the nick of time. The bottom line is that the good news for all of us is that we have not just friends in high places, but we have a loving heavenly father who sits upon the throne of the universe. If you've given your heart to Christ, you have a direct connection to our loving Heavenly Father. You don't have to pray through somebody. I remember I was raised in a religion where you had to pray through somebody else to get to Jesus, to get to the Father. No. We just come through Jesus directly to the throne. Amen? And we have a standing invitation to come. To come anytime. To come all the time. You know, Sometimes we say, we say anytime to somebody, right? We, we do something for somebody, we say anytime. But if they start calling you a hundred times a day, that anytime is going to be get off my back. I'm just being real, right? It, we say anytime with some limitations on it. But God says anytime. Just come boldly. You don't have to make an appointment. You don't have to be afraid that I'll be too busy for you. Amen. You can come anytime and you can come confidently knowing that you will be welcomed, that you will be heard, and that you will find help 
in your time of need. What a wonderful promise, amen? What a wonderful invitation. And there might be some here today or some tuning in to us online that you don't yet know Jesus, but I want you to know he loves you. And you're not here by accident. He is here, and he brought you here because he wants a relationship with you. And his very first invitation to you is come. Come to him and receive his free gift of salvation. Come to him and be forgiven. Come to him and receive a new life. You see, the Bible says we have all sinned, and sin has cut us off from God. That's the whole reason that Jesus came to earth, lived a sinless life, and offered his life as a sacrifice for our sins. He paid the penalty that we deserved so that now when we repent, and the word repent simply means to turn away from, we make a U-turn. We recognize we've been heading in the wrong direction. We've been living life our way without regard for God. We're headed towards destruction, and we make a U-turn, and I'm so grateful God allows U-turns, amen? And we say, God, forgive me. I don't want to live that way anymore. Cleanse me from all sin, and we say, God, I turn to you in faith. I want you come and live inside of me and help me to live for you. That's repentance, and when we repent of our sins and place our our faith in God, that very moment Jesus says we're born again. We are made spiritually alive. We are brought into relationship with God as his sons and daughters. And I'd like to ask you right now just to bow your head for a moment. And if you're here today and you have not yet repented of your sins and placed your faith in Jesus, or maybe you did it some years ago, and you would say, you know what, Pastor, I've drifted away, but I can feel God calling me back. And I know it's time for me to repent and place my faith in Jesus. And if you would say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to come to Jesus. I want to know that my sins are forgiven, and that I'm right with God, and that I am a child of God. If that's you this morning, and you're here present, and you would just say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to come to Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Pray for me, Pastor. I want to come to Jesus. Just put your hand right up, and you can bring it right back down. Is there anybody? Hallelujah. Thank you for that hand. Is there someone else? Pray for me, Pastor. I want to come to Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. Amen. Amen. I'm going to encourage those that raised your hand and those online as well that want to give your heart to Christ. Just pray this simple prayer with me. It's not my words, but it's your heart in faith calling upon God. Just pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, and I believe that you love me so much that you died for my sins. Today, I repent. I turn away from my sinful life, and I turn to you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins, and I invite you to come live inside of me and help me from this day forward to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I want to be the first to congratulate you on making the best decision of your life and welcome you to the family of God. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to take your phone and there's a number on your screen and just type I prayed to that number on the screen. If you're online, type I prayed in the comments. Why? Because we want to send you free of charge a little booklet that's going to help you understand the prayer you just prayed and how to keep growing in your relationship with God. Because the prayer you just prayed is a beginning, 
not an ending. And we want to help you in your faith journey to grow in your relationship with the Lord. So we want to send you free of charge a little booklet that will help you begin that faith journey. But in order to do that, we're going to need your email address. So please text your name to the number on the screen if you're here in-house or type uh, I prayed or excuse me, type I prayed to the number on the screen. Or if you're online, type I prayed uh, in the comments. We're going to send you a response message with a link. Click on that link, fill in your name and email address so that we can send you this booklet. But in the meantime, I want to encourage those that just prayed along with all other believers to do three things on a regular basis. One, talk to God every day. That's prayer. That's coming before his throne. It's spending time with him. It's thanking him for the good things in our life, talking to him about whatever problems, difficulties, decisions, or challenges we're facing, and asking his help. At a very basic level, that's prayer. He wants to hear from you every single day. Secondly, let God talk to you every day. You say, well, pastor, how does God talk to us? Many ways, but the number one way is through the Bible. So I encourage you, if you don't have a printed Bible, you can download the YouVersion app, Y-O-U version, for free on your phone or tablet. There's never a charge to read the word there. Begin reading in 1 John. Just pray a little bit before you read. Ask God to help you to understand what you're reading and how to apply it to your life. And just read a few verses every day. And then ask God to help you apply what you understand to your life. And then thirdly, get connected to a local Assembly of God church. If you're here in South Florida, of course, we welcome you to our church family. We have a wonderful church family that will help to support you, pray for you, and walk alongside of you. If you're outside of the South Florida area, find an Assembly of God church near to you and get connected. Don't just attend services, but put down roots, build relationships. That's how we grow. Get connected to a local Assembly of God church. But once again, congratulations on the best decision of your life and welcome to the family of God. For those of us who have already placed our faith in Christ, you have a friend in high places. You have a father who sits on the throne of the universe. And you have a standing invitation to come, to come at any time, to come all the time, and know that he will welcome you, that he will hear you, and he will help you. So today, in response to this invitation, if you would say, I want to make prayer my lifestyle, because I know that he is waiting for me in the throne room and he wants me to come and spend time with him. So I want to make prayer my lifestyle where I'm coming regularly into the throne room of heaven. If that's your desire, I'm going to ask you in a moment to stand. Secondly, if you're experiencing a time of trouble in your life and you need God's help, I want to invite you to stand as well. So if either of those apply to you, I want to make prayer a lifestyle. I want to spend more time in the throne room of heaven. Or secondly, I'm in a time of trouble and I need his help. If that applies to you, would you stand to your feet? And we're just going to pray in response to God's word today. Would you just slip out from where you are, make your way to this altar just for a few moments as we respond to the word and the presence of God. Just slip out from where you are and just make your way to this altar. And you know what's bringing you to this altar. Maybe you're making a commitment to make prayer a lifestyle, to pray more frequently, to spend time in the throne room of heaven. You talk to God about that right now. Or maybe you're coming and you're saying, Lord, I am in a time of trouble in my life, and I cry out to you for mercy. Help me, Lord. I need you. You talk to God from your heart as I pray over us here at this altar. Lord, we just come before you right now. And we want to say thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you that he has opened wide the way into the very throne room of heaven. Thank you for your invitation. 
that we can come boldly anytime into your presence, Lord. And we can find grace to help us in the time of need. Lord, we hear your invitation today and we respond because we know that you are waiting for us in the throne room of heaven to welcome us because you want to, us to spend time with you. And so we stand before you today and we answer your invitation and say, Lord, we commit today to make prayer a vital part of our lifestyle, to spend more time, more frequently in the throne room, not just to bring our requests to you, even though that's a wonderful promise, but to spend time with you, to worship you, to love you, to be with you. And Father, I pray right now for those that are at this altar because they're going through a time of trouble. Father, I thank you that we can find help in your presence. I lift them before you right now, Lord God. Let your grace be sufficient to them. Supply to them everything they need in this time of trouble. If they need strength, give them strength. If they need comfort, wrap your arms around them right now and comfort their heart. If they need healing, stretch your hand out. If they need peace, let your peace that passes all understanding fill their heart and mind. If they need wisdom, give them supernatural insight and understanding. Whatever they need, Lord God, give them your grace in sufficiency. Father, bless them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.